Good morning. I want to thank you for once again joining me as we continue our study through the book of Esther. We will be in chapters 4, 5, and 6 uh, this morning, and I'm going to give you an overview of those chapters. Now, if you remember from yesterday's time, we saw all four of the principal characters in the book of Esther. You see the king, you see Esther, Mordecai, and Haman. And those four characters need to be remembered all throughout this, this book. It's only 10 chapters, so it's a short book of the Bible, but those four characters uh, are major players, and they, they, they help demonstrate the sovereignty of God. And I mentioned in yesterday's study that we never actually see God named here, but we clearly see God at work in this book. So, we have heard about Haman, and he's this villain that even today, when the Israelites, Jewish people, when they read through um, the, the book of Esther, when they celebrate the time that is given to this, uh, the recognition of this, this story, they still, every, at his mention of his name, they boo his name every single time, especially when there are kids involved. He wants to kill every single one of the Jewish people. He wants to commit genocide. And the reason for it is because Mordecai, a Jewish man, the cousin who has raised Esther, he will not bow down to Haman. He will not pay homage to him. Why won't he pay homage to him? Why won't he bow down to him? Well, it's not said in the text here, but we can understand it's because Mordecai has recognized like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like Daniel, that there is no one to be bowed down to other than God and God alone. So Mordecai will not bow to him, and Haman wants to kill them all. Mordecai learns of this plot. And when he learns of this plot, he immediately goes to Esther just like he did when he learned about the plot to assassinate the king. He goes to Esther and he says, this is far worse than what we've heard before. This is a plot to kill every Jewish person, of which Esther is a Jew. And so he says, you have to help. You have to be a part of this solution. And he says in chapter 4, verse 13, Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. He says you have been placed in this setting for such a time as this. And Esther agrees to help the Jews. Now this is a big deal because she is going to have to plead to the king to go against Haman. Haman has worked it out with the king that the king's going to have them all wiped out. He's going to have genocide happen. Like I said in uh, yesterday's lesson, the king, he's not a good king. He's a wicked man. He is not a, a benevolent king. He has no problems wiping out the Jews, committing genocide. And Haman's gotten him to buy into this, that they won't bow down. And so since they won't bow down, they deserve to just be killed. 
Esther is going to have to go to the king and she's going to have to plead to the king to save not only her life but the life of her people to go against what the king has already put into place, what Haman has already put into place. This is not quite as simple of an ask, but she agrees to do it. And the way she's going to do it is she's going to prepare a banquet and she's going to invite the king and she's going to invite Haman. And at that banquet, she's going to uncover Haman's plot to kill all of the Jews and she's going to plead for her own life and the life of her people. That's her plan. That's what she sets forth to do. And Haman actually is very excited about all this because Haman thinks, wow, she's inviting only two people. She's inviting the king, her husband, she's inviting me. She must love me. She must think I am great. And so Haman goes out that day joyful and glad of heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he neither rose nor trembled before him, he was filled with wrath against Mordecai. So he plans to kill Mordecai, it says that he wants to have, he has the idea to have him hung at the gallows. And that's not a hanging around the neck. That's, that's, that's being placed upon a, a spike, upon a stake. That's the gallows that they had then. But you see the sovereignty of God here once again in that the king has trouble sleeping. And so he asks, um, for the chronicles of his, of his kingship to be read. And so they come and they read to him what has been going on in his rule and in his reign. And it comes to the portion where Mordecai saved the king's life. And, and he looks at, at, or he hears this story and he thinks back, did we do anything to honor this man? And he calls Haman forth and he says, Haman, if there is a man who deserves honoring and if he deserves, uh, uh, if he deserves being made a, 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 a spectacle and a, 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 a parade over, what would you do? And Haman says, well, I would put him on your horse and I would have him be led through the city and I'd have someone yell before him, this is someone whom the king delights in. And Haman does, does all this thinking that the king's going to honor Haman. But Haman is sorely disgruntled when the king says, all of those things that you said to do, do for Mordecai. And you, Haman, you be the one to walk him through the city saying that this is a man that the king is pleased with and you declare it to everyone. And so even though, again, we don't see the name of God brought up, we see the power of God. We see the working of God. We see the hand of God mighty in all of these circumstances. And so I hope you've enjoyed uh, our brief look through these chapters here in Esther. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow as we finish up the book of Esther.